the days of Elijah, declaring the word of the Lord. Welcome to a live preaching message from Lighthouse Chapel International, Manhattan, New York. Lighthouse Chapel International Manhattan is the Apache branch of the Lighthouse Chapel International Churches in the United States of America, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation of Bible-based instruction to our church members to equip them to preach and teach the Gospel wherever they might be. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Jesus' name we pray, amen. Uh, this stage feels very different from Holy Spirit. This is actually the first, this is the second time I've been on the stage. I did a trial run a little earlier on because I've never been on the stage. And I didn't want the first time I walked up to be when I was coming to preach. So I think that I got on without a problem and hopefully uh, we'll get through the sermon without a problem. Reverend sends his greetings. Um, he's preaching in either Yedin or Temple this morning. He had a convention in Reverend Justice's diocese over the weekend. So let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for today and we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word, the entrance of your word brings light. We thank you that your word, it is always light. It is a light onto our path. It is supposed to stop us from stumbling in the dark. Your word is direction for our lives. We pray that this morning we will receive instruction. And I pray that this morning I will be a vessel that you can work through. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Reverend has been teaching us from the book Lycos for several weeks. And my instruction is to preach from Lycos. Um, I, think it's a, I, I thought it was a tough instruction because... When your senior pastor has been preaching something for a long time and you have to continue, it could be problematic. But we'll start with our scripture memory. 2 Thessalonians 3, 5. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 5, please. Shall we read? Let's read together. And the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. 2 Thessalonians 3, 5. 2 Thessalonians 3.5 And the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. 2 Thessalonians 3.5 One more time. 2 Thessalonians 3.5 And the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. 2 Thessalonians 3.5 so this is our scripture memory verse for today. It's a rather short one, so it's not one of the more difficult ones, thankfully. So I think two parts and then we should be fine. Second Thessalonians 3, 5. The first part will end at God and the second part will end at Christ. Are we good on that? Okay. So Second Thessalonians 3, 5. And the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God. Okay, let's do just the first part to start with. 2 Thessalonians 3, 5. And the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God. And the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God. 
and the Lord directs your hearts into the love of God. And the Lord directs your hearts into the love of God. Now the second part. And into the patient waiting for Christ. 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 Okay, now, can we, are we good to go without anything? Okay. Please take it off. Second Thessalonians 3, 5. And the Lord direct your hearts into the love of Christ. To, and, and into the patient waiting for Christ. And the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God. And into the patient waiting for Christ. Second Thessalonians 3, 5. One more time. Okay, just decide. Second Thessalonians 3, 5. Just decide. Okay, I think this side has done good. So now just this side and then we are done. Second Thessalonians 3, 5. Okay, as for me, I'm just relieved to have gotten through it myself. So I won't judge either side. I, I'm done. It's not a part of the service. I particularly enjoy having to handle. I, I like the learning of it when I'm sitting there, but when you have to direct the, the, the memorization, it's a little tougher than it looks. Like most things in life, someone else is doing it, it looks easy to you attempt to do it. Okay, so we are going to continue sharing on Lycos. And um, Reverend was sharing with us over the last few weeks about the definition of a lay person. And then he spoke to us last week about the four essential engines that a lay person must develop. So I, uh, this morning, I just want to remind everybody briefly about the definitions of a, the definition, various definitions of a lay person. A lay person, according to the book that our bishop is reading, a lay person is an ordinary person, like you and I. A lay person is a normal person, a commonplace person. And then a lay person is not licensed, not certified not trained to be a minister. For example, I'm preaching this morning, but I'm not trained. I didn't go to a Bible school. All my training has happened since I met Bishop Dag from Calvary Road through Lighthouse Chapel International, through the camps, through training for pastors. So I'm a lay person at what I'm doing this morning. Um, when, I don't know how many of you were around when Kobe Spilgabra got married. Um, we, we went to, I think, uh, was it Fifth Avenue where he got married? You saw the lady, the lady pastor, the lady reverend who preached at, I mean, who officiated his marriage ceremony, she was, uh, she wasn't a lay person. She was wearing the clerical collar and the robes of her, of the Episcopal Church of the United States of America. Or, I don't know, whichever, whichever Orthodox church she came from, she was not a lay person. She was actually certified and licensed and ordained in her ministry to do what she was doing. We are ordained as lay people. We are not, our full-time stream is different. And we've been learning how to best be lay people and why the lay ministry is necessary. Now, like everything that is necessary, like you can decide that, for, let me use the example of a garden or a farm. You can decide that I want to grow this or I want to grow corn or I want to grow 
tomatoes or I want to grow flowers. Now, if you only like the beauty of the flowers or if you only like the crop and you don't pay attention to the difficulties and the things that can destroy the crop, your liking of the beautiful side of the work you are doing will be killed by the evil things that can come against it. There's a saying that if you only love uh, beautiful flowers and you don't hate weeds, you will never have a nice garden. You get me? Because the weeds will destroy the garden. So if you're the kind of person, once the flower is blooming, when the weeds are growing, it doesn't bother you. You don't mind the weeds. Uh, you don't mind that it starts out not even making the garden look nice. Very soon, it will choke out what you originally planted. So today, we're going to talk about something Bishop talks about in the book in chapter 18, about enemies of the lay ministry and why we must fight to protect the lay ministry. You see, you fight to protect something that has enemies. You fight to protect something that can be destroyed. You don't need protect protection if you are safe. You get me? If there's a reason why we all have locks on our doors, you, it, we need the locks to be safe. And depending on where you live, you live the locks may be more or less, but everybody needs locks. Typically, there are very few parts of the country where you can go and sleep and not lock your door and wake up okay or wake up with your property in, in, intact. And it's like that in, I, I'd guess, most places in the world these days. So anything that is good, anything that is valuable, like Reverend has been teaching us that, the lay ministry is so valuable because we have seven billion souls to save. And if everybody who is preaching the gospel has to be paid, seven billion souls cannot be saved because you will need, the workforce you will need cannot be paid. It will kill any church. It will kill any denomination. So let's look for a verse. So Galatians 1.9. Galatians 1.9. 1, one of the enemies of the lay ministry is, is allowing people to corrupt the good news that lay people can also work for the Lord. So Galatians 1.9 says, As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. You see, Paul was so sure of what he was teaching. He was so sure that it was good news. He was so sure that Jesus Christ, he was the son of God, he is the son of God, that he lived and he died on the cross so that you and I must be, might be saved. Paul believed that the gospel should be preached freely, you see? And he knew that if, you, if that was changed in any way, he said, if anybody changes it, there's a problem right there. He believed that the gospel should be sent to the ends of the world free of charge. Think about it. Most of us heard the gospel when we were really, really young. You, you, you get me? From people who were not paid to share it. The, 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 I, I, I remember being very young in my school in in Hebrew girls and having, I think she's married to Eastwood Anaba right now, and she would go around. Nobody was paying her. She was a student herself. She was two, three years ahead of me. And she would go around putting together groups of young girls and teaching us that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And for some of us, even though we came from homes where we went into Orthodox churches two or three times a year, we had never heard the term born again before. And nobody paid her. Nobody was paying them. The, the people who had that belief young enough, who went around doing that, 
nobody was paying them. If somebody had to pay them, a lot of us would not be saved. Same thing with the bishop and his wife. When I met, the, when I met Lady Reverend in her school in sixth form, nobody was paying them to do what they did, to go on, to constantly be encouraging everybody, let's go, let's go and serve the Lord, let's go to scripture union, let's do... Nobody was paying them. There were students in their schools who believed the word of God, who was telling somebody else. But you, you will agree with me that a whole generation of people, at least in the country I come from, would not be saved without people who did it for free. If everybody had to be an archbishop in Accra or Kumasi to preach the gospel, we would not have been saved. Where would we have met the archbishop of Holy Trinity? You can't meet him. When you go into Holy Trinity, some like grand uncle or grand aunt, somebody has died, and you are sitting at the back, and you are a little girl, and nobody even talks to you. It's a very somber place, kind of like this place. I mean, who is going to tell you about Christ and being saved? But these people, free of charge, they told us about the gospel. Then I'm using myself as an example. I, I get to university. I'm barely 19. I walk into the place. I stayed home for a year. So a lot of scripture union, we had worked for a year doing national service. The second day I get there, Lady Reverend takes us to a meeting. I've said this several times. And there is this lanky biracial person preaching the gospel more radically than even the, 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 the seniors we had in school. For nothing. He was a med student. If you go by the way uh, people think today, there was no reason for him to do what he was doing. He had classmates who wouldn't spend even one minute doing anything extra. Their goal was just to become doctors. But in the midst of becoming a doctor, he taught another whole group of people how to not just be born again, but how to let it radically change and affect everything you did for nothing. Nobody was paying him. Nobody paid him. Nobody, nobody paid him to do it. That is why up to this day, I believe that anybody who will do it full time and do it well must have started doing it for nothing. Because if, you see, you, you, he, he did it for nothing. He's doing it again. When he can be in a cathedral or in, at the Kodesh, he's moved to first love. He's pastoring the part of the church where the people do not have money because he knows how to do it for nothing. He knows how to do it for nothing. Too many of us these days, we want to ask how many hours have I been doing this? And what am I going to get out of it? My friend Lady Pastor Lily used to say, it is God's work. Everyone can do it how they like. You get what I'm saying? You have a choice. Do it how you like. Nowadays, sometimes that's what stops me sometimes from saying certain things. I think about it. Say, why say it? It's God's work. Everybody should. She says it in her local language. I don't speak it very well. Everybody should do it how they like. If you actually believe the Bible, if you believe that it is God who rewards, if you believe that as you do the work of God, he rewards you, that your labor in the Lord is not in vain, then do it. Do it the way Bishop and the others do, did it. Do it the way Mrs. Anaba did it. Do it the way Lady Reverend does it. Those are the examples we have. Everybody has their personal examples of people who did it for free, free of charge, free of charge. Freely you have received, freely give. You, you're going to follow somebody up. It's your own money you take to go on the subway. 
That is how we always followed people up. This business of asking for transportation money. Lay people of today, if you wanted to do the thing full time, they've told you several times, the full time is in Anakazu, the full time is in Kaneshi, the full time, they've showed you where the full time office is. You too, you want to live in New York. You get me? You want to, you want to live in New York. So it's, it cannot be free. Because if we convert this ministry to a paying ministry in New York, we have killed it. How much will you pay reverend to take care of me and my children? And then how much will you pay me so that I won't even do the part-time work that I do? Then after that, how much will you pay Pastor Davis to drive from Hillsborough, New Jersey to this place? Do you know how much the toll costs? Those of you who live in the city and you don't go anywhere else. We have to come in here Sunday, Tuesday, Sunday, Tuesday, and sometimes we have to come in Fridays as well. And if a church member has an emergency, we must come. You say, as Bishop Saki says, you say you are a pastor. After the church member, what has he said? You said you were a pastor. He's been coming to your church. His mother has died. You must get up and go to his or her house. That is what a pastor does. And the church cannot pay you for it because you chose not to be in the full-time ministry. It's a choice. We were all there. I attended Bishop and Lady Reverend's first wedding. Apostle Joel played the keyboard. Then he went to London. Then he came full time. You get me? So I cannot now say that if they pay Apostle Joel, now they must also pay me. You can't say that. It doesn't work that way. You chose to do it full time. I mean, late. Just continue and pray for grace and mercy. Otherwise, we are spoiling the lay ministry. The second thing is that Galatians 2.11 says, open, I mean, let me read Galatians 2.11 first. It says, but when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, I said unto Peter before them all, if thou being a Jew, livest after the manner of Gentiles and not as do the Jews, why compellest thou the Gentiles to live as do the Jews? Please give me a reader-friendly version of that scripture, please. The scripture is Galatians 2.14. In the NIV, in the NASB. S but when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in the presence of all, if you being a Jew live like the Gentiles and not like the Jews, how is it that you compel the Gentiles to live like Jews? He says, I said it in the presence of all. A lot of us, we see things going wrong and attitudes changing towards the lay ministry. And we do not want to say it in the presence of all. There are certain rebukes. We're not talking about just getting angry with people and saying whatever you like to them. But when it concerns the work of God, you should be able to say it in the presence of all that in this church, a church that was started by a lay pastor, when you say you are doing lay ministry, you stop asking for handouts. When you are a shepherd, you do not get handouts in this church. You are not, and, and, and we, are, we are privileged to even have gone to camp in Memphis. And Bishop said to us that in his opinion, a full, you are not full time because of a paycheck. 
And that in his opinion, Pastor Ennis, and we in New York, we should understand, Pastor Ennis was one of us here. Pastor Ennis from New York, who has gone to Nicaragua because of his, I mean, has been able to live and work in Nicaragua as a pharmacist and is preaching the gospel. is as much a full-time in God's eyes as Pastor Reverend Ben, who is full-time and paid by the church. You are doing the work. You're doing it to the utmost of your ability. ability. That's what it is. That is what it is. We should not, and, and when someone is saying something different, see, because the saying of something different and the believing of something different, it starts in our small groups. People, nobody is bold. It's not usual to be able to stand here and speak like that. Very few people are that confident naturally. All of us, most of us learned it by being able to preach to three people and five people in a cell group. That is what gets you to the point where it doesn't matter how many people are in the room. You will preach. It's like, it's like teaching. I mean, and, and so, okay, some people are born, I, sh I should amend the statement. Some people are born with a personality where they are completely fearless. I mean, they are a different breed of people. You know, they say what they think. They say... They don't mind offending everybody else. In these days in America, you know, that kind of thing looks like it rewards itself. You can say whatever you like and get where you want to get. So there are people like that. But the vast majority of us, we practice uh, public speaking. And even no matter how much we practice it, it's a little unnerving in the beginning if you don't do it often enough. But what I'm trying to say is that you, you, it's something that you have said that you will do. You want to do it. Do it without asking. And when somebody, when the attitudes are developing around you, no matter who it is, say that, oh, we said we would do it. As Bishop Saki said, we say we are pastors. You say you are a pastor. You, you, you get me? You say you are a pastor. And then he will remind you, mind you, they call Paula White Pastor. And then, you see, you two, you have added pastor to your name. So you, you can understand the people when their expectations are quite high. They called uh, Bishop T.T. Jake's wife pastor. And then you also say you are a lady pastor. So you can understand the expectations of the people. They call people who have something worth saying and worth hearing pastor. And you have also added it to your name. So do what a pastor does. And then in your case, you also chose to do it at no charge. You see, when I talk about lay pastor, it's not, I'm not just talking to the pastors. If you are a shepherd in this church, a pastor is a shepherd. It's just a matter of terminology and rank and file to keep order. So when you are a shepherd, the same thing applies to you. You say you are a shepherd. Now how come when your AOFM hasn't met in weeks, you say, I don't close early. You said you, would, you, you agreed to do it. That's why you caused the point in coming for the shepherd's meeting when we call for the shepherd's meeting and not having the AOFM meeting. What's the point in being given a group of 10 people and then by the time you have been with them for a year, the people have dwindled down to two. What kind of a shepherd are you? Your sheep are always getting finished. What are you doing? You are killing them. What are you doing to the sheep? You are killing and eating them. You are making them sick. You are not taking care of them. Something is definitely going wrong. And it's the kind of shepherding that you took on not to be paid. And you agreed to it. Um, the next thing we must do when we believe in the lay ministry, when we are fighting the enemies of the lay ministry, is that do not, we should not build the lay ministry and destroy it afterwards. The church has been built on the lay ministry, I told you, right from the beginning. 
it was started by a medical student. A large force of lay people have been deployed around the world. If we start converting it now in New York to a ministry in which we must pay instrumental, ah, I forgot about the musicians. We must pay instrumentalists. We must pay the drama. We must pay the people in the, at, the, at the back, the IT the people at the IT at the back doing the IT stuff. We must pay everybody. It was never like that. Bishop Doug himself played the organ. Nobody paid him. I remember him in Calvary Road playing the organ. He, his roommates, a group of them, they played the organ, they played the bass. There's probably no instrument he cannot play. I remember Reverend being in medical school constantly when church started, constantly traveling to Kumasi on his own time and his own money to go and negotiate for instruments to buy, to carry. Every time we went to London, our lives haven't changed. Recently, I was in Accra. And I, no, not, not so recently, a couple years back, my, my children and I, and we had so many suitcases. Why did we have so many suitcases? Lighthouse. Because in the lighthouse, frugality is the order of the day. And once a pastor's family is traveling, we all travel. The shipments come from Pastor Munene. Sometimes when I, I said, how am I? So then I sent somebody a note in a cry in the office. I must be met because I cannot have five new laptops you get what I'm saying? You know, you understand what it is to go to Africa with five new laptops. Somebody at the airport is now going to ask me to pay them to let me let the things through. And the things are not mine. So I say, I, and, and, and they do their best. You, you will be met. But we have been doing that since we were students. When we didn't know anybody who could come into the place to meet us as whatever and clear, our, and clear our things out. Before our church became big enough, we used to bring it in our own luggage, 23 kilos, 21 kilos, always carrying something. Once you were traveling and you were a church member, at your own cost, whatever was needed, whatever was needed, we should not change that culture now because if you change that culture now, the generation that is coming cannot have a kind of church in this city. We cannot pay, Bishop cannot pay a certain, don't get me wrong, the full-time ministry is very necessary. If they have to pay, how many branches do we have here these days? Okay, Anita, do you know? Who knows? 143 branches in the U.S. Bishop has to take out U.S. dollars to pay 143 pastors. And in our branch, we have more than one pastor. And a lot of branches are like that these days. I mean, a lot of the bigger branches are like that. Bishop is going to take out U.S. dollars to pay 100, maybe 200 plus pastors. In the United States alone, even the offering we take in the U.S. cannot pay us. Let alone for them to take some of the money to build churches in Africa and places where the people through no fault of their own cannot afford to give the kind of offerings we can give. All because we are allowing a certain mentality to creep into the church. Look at it as God's work. As my friend Lily used to say, if you would do it, do it. If you won't do it, don't do it. But if you are even in the least bit eternity-minded, you should know that the day will come when whatever you did on earth, however great it was, it will be over. As the songwriter says, at the river of Jordan, you are alone. At the river of Jordan, every single trophy Every single accolade, every single thing you ever worked so hard for will not count.
It doesn't mean you shouldn't work hard now, but there's a place where it will not count. And if you are a believer, you know what I'm saying is true. Then at that place, everything you did, for which you never charged anyone, for which you never resented anybody, for which you were never angry, for which, I mean, God sees. God sees. And sometimes we even do it and we want men to see. Like, now I'm doing it, okay, I'm not being charged, but every time the pastor must acknowledge me. One of the pastors must come and say thank you. Somebody must come and say something. If they forget, you see, because you don't know who you are working for. Lady Reverend has so many messages where she preaches about who called you. Who called you? If you believe that God called you, your husband doesn't have to thank you. Church members don't have to thank you. Nobody has to thank you. It's God's work. You do it to the best of your God-given ability. In this church, we don't pay for staff. As Reverend tells you all the time, even he himself, he has never been paid. He has never been paid. When, when my, one of my sons was younger, he said, Daddy comes home to sleep. The reason why he comes home to sleep is because of church. Because if he just did his work, there will be enough sleeping, there will be enough time to be awake in his house. One of my sons said it a long time. He said, every time he's here, he's asleep. It was less than five or six when he analyzed the situation. He said he comes home to sleep. That reason, that's why he has to come home to sleep. Because when, he's, when his friends are off work and they, are, they, they can be awake and be up and about, he's here. So he's human. At a point, even Superman has to crash. So he comes home to sleep. That's what, that's what happens. And then sometimes for some of those pastors, minus the grace of God, your own children can go in different directions. Because children also need parenting. And then when they start going in different directions, then the same church members, then they start talking. Same church members. Same church members. Because the person does not have, the attention he must have for a whole group of people means that somewhere else, a certain attention cannot be brought to bear. And so there's a whole group of pastor's kids these days. Lady Raven was telling me, at complete risk, at complete risk of backsliding, of not being anything like their parents, if we don't rise up and pray. A whole group. It's amazing. And it's across board, across the whole world. Because every, something has to give somewhere. You see, when, when we talk about building something, Galatians 2.18 says, for if I build, Galatians 2.18, I'm reading, for if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. Now, even a little child who has Lego blocks can understand that. You build something, you destroy it, and then you cry. A church was built on the lay ministry. It doesn't take away from how important the full-time ministry is. But if we have built the lay ministry up, we in New York right now should not, because we are going through a midlife crisis, destroy the lay ministry. You see, some of you are sitting here and you are younger, so you don't see, Bishop said he's seen it time and time again. How people who in their 20s loved the Lord, served the Lord with fervor, with strength and with zeal. When people hit their 40s, 
and midlife crisis sets in and you want to blame everything that hasn't worked in your life on the church. We are all human. The thoughts come. But when the thoughts come, that's why the books have been written. That's why the Bible is there. That's why you should wait on the Lord so that you know that God hasn't done anything to you. If it's either the circumstances where you live or it's you yourself. You know, a lot of the time, the person we all should admit we should have the most problems with is the person in the mirror. It's either the person in the mirror or something around you. And either way, God loves you more than you can. He loved you so much, he gave his only begotten son on the cross for you. There's a verse that says that, for how shall he not, you see, he, he gave his, I, I can't remember the verse, but it's a verse in Romans. And it talks about the fact that someone who gave his only begotten son for you, how shall he not also with him freely give us all things? How shall he not? also with him, freely give us all things. A lot of the time, you and I, we have our own mind, and we were not seeking him to start with, and that is why we can't see the all things. Then when we can't see the all things, then we blame everybody else. And then some of it is just normal life. Life has seasons. The Bible says many are the, many, many are, what, is it the adversities or the afflictions of the righteous? But God, but God, but God, he delivers him from them all. You alone, you want to be an exception. You want to live a life. There are no afflictions. Just because you have joined the charismatic church. So you alone, you, are, you want to be different. <laughs> you can't change. You can't change the way the, 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 the world works. It says many are the afflictions. That, it doesn't say of sinners. It says of the righteous. But God. So when afflictions come and midlife, things are not working well, please, I have no idea what the time is. So if nobody lifts their hand up, and the chapter is very long, and I don't know where to stop. So if I don't see any sign, I will go on talking. So Kofi, uh, uh, somebody has an idea how much time I'm, I'm spending. Okay. So, um, so what, go, what happens is that we should not destroy what has taken so long. That is, I have that amount of time left. Okay. So what, what, um, we should not destroy what has taken so long to build. Bishop started this church in the late 80s. Some of us had a privilege to be there soon after it started, and we had known him in Calvary Road already. This is not the time to spoil it because something in my life is not working. I'm not the only person in the church. You are not the only person in the church. Something in my, your life is not working. The Bible says that if you have a problem, pray. We don't pray. Then we want to spoil what has been built. We cannot destroy what has been built. This church was founded on the lay ministry. If you have the conviction and the guts for it, go full time. You see, go full time. You will see that nowhere cool. You get me? Nowhere cool. If you understand, you are, most, most of you should be able to understand. You see that? Nowhere cool. Everything, in, every, 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 everything has its challenges. If you think that that one is easier, go and try that one. You, even in this one, you are complaining. You want to try that one. I would recommend that you don't. <laughs> let's, let's, just watching the lives of the full-time ministers, I thank God every day that I did. I said, God, me, I could not have done it. 
I'm okay where I am. You just help me. Small, small, small. Sunday, I, I, I always tell myself, Sunday, Tuesday, Friday. And then sometimes I even get to not come on Friday. And then I have AOFM on Thursday. So I, I, I kind of calculate my week, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, AOFM. Oh, this Friday, no meeting. All right, hallelujah to Jesus. Then we are moving, small, small. You see, you are talking as though you don't think like that sometimes. But, you see, that's how you have to see it. So can you imagine the people who do it seven days a week? That's what they do. And if you, you, you didn't choose to do it seven days a week, then when their blessings are following them, you can't have blessings which are not in the lane in which you are running. If you win the race, then you get the reward for that race that you run. You want to run in some far lane on the eighth, in the eighth lane at your own pace and finish the New York Marathon in how many days? And help you Three days, two days. Uh -huh. You can't get the medal that the people who run it the way it should be run, the way with more effort. I shouldn't even say the way it should be run because that brings comparison. But what I'm saying is that you don't want to put in the effort. Hey, if you don't want to put in the effort of, for something, you can't have it too. About a year ago, a friend of mine took me to a gym. I stayed there for a year. After, after a year, I said, no, I won't do this thing again. I will take a break. Your whole body hurts all the time. And you see people who are way older than you who have lived like that. The reason why their bodies look the way it looks is that they can live with the pain. They can live with the pain and then they have the self-control not to eat the things that you like to eat. So you can't look like them as soon as you accept that you are free. But you can't, you can't want their bodies at a certain age and you don't like the pain they go through and you don't deprive yourself of the things they deprive themselves of. You want to do the thing part-time. You want to go to the gym once a week. You will have the body of the person who goes to the gym once a week. It's like, that. You, you, you get what I'm saying? That's the comparison I'm giving you. The effort you put in, in the results you get. You can't have the results that the full-timers get. The blessings God has for them is their blessing. Perchance God will give you some, but you can't have what they have. When you do it the way you do it. So be, 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 be grateful for your portion of the blessing. Don't look for this. Don't go and worry yourself about the, whether somebody flew first class, whether somebody didn't fly first class, buy your economy ticket and go where you are going. It's okay. Why do you even want to know what ticket, where they fly and how they fly? If God has a problem with it, you think God cannot deal with somebody who is using his money to buy a first-class ticket? Leave God's servants alone. Don't worry your head about, about what they are doing. So this leads me into the last one I'm going to talk about. Do not be wary of the lay ministry. Let's read Galatians 6, 9 to 10. And let us not be wary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Galatians 6, 9 to 10. You see, so sometimes that's what happens. I, I talked about that a, a bit already, so I'm rounding up now. You start in your 20s, you are very zealous. You see, life is more like a marathon than like a sprint. If you start out and you don't leave yourself enough energy, 
enough resources to go the long haul, you will give yourself a problem. A lot of us, what looks like zeal is actually just because we are young. Because you see, there is nowhere in the Bible that as you grow older, you are not supposed to read your Bible every day. There is nowhere in the Bible that as you grow older, you are exempt from fasting. There are rules that human beings make. When we read the Bible, there was a widow called Anna. She was a daughter of Fanuel. She was 84 years old. She was still fasting. How old are you? That every time in January when there is a fast, you eat. When everybody else is fasting, you are eating. Your excuse being that nowadays we are not children anymore. Are you 84? Are you 84? Are you even close? 69 year old woman has spent the last 18 months to two years crisscrossing this United States in a bid to be president. You, you can't do anything. You are not even close to 60. Hey. People of God, we have to pray because the things people can do for the rewards of this earth, they are many. When you look at someone, every time I watch it, I say, ah. This one, I, I, I don't know how many times this year I've checked her age. I check her age, I say, ah, woman is 68. Grandmother, why can't she rest? It's legitimate to rest. Why can't she rest? Because you see, a lot of us, we like resting too much. That's the problem. And that is why nobody knows your name, but her name is known all over the world. That is why when she doesn't get something that she wants, people are crying in the streets. But you, if you don't get something, nobody knows you. Because you like resting too much. Rest is too much. There was a, a, a songwriter called Keith Green who died very young. And one of his songs, which I didn't like because Bishop used to quote it all the time when we were students, was that Jesus Christ rose from the grave and you can't even get out of bed. For many years, whenever I don't feel like getting up, that's when I think of Keith Green, I wake up. I get out of my bed. Because he had a song. The song said that Jesus Christ, he rose from the dead. You, you can't even get out of bed. And that culture is quite prevalent among us. And that is why you can't do the lay ministry. Because the lay ministry means that, like I told you about Reverend, when you are in your own house, you are asleep. Because almost every little bit of free time, something else is going on. And the way my husband does it, he doesn't tell me ahead of time because he doesn't want to hear any complaints. He says he, says he forgets. I don't, I, don't, I don't think he forgets at all. He doesn't want to deal with any moods, any face, nothing. So last week we are in the Bronx. So I'm thinking that this weekend we are all home most of the weekend. Then around Wednesday or Thursday he will say, I'm preaching... In, I think, and he knows that I, I say, you know what you are saying. Just say what it is you are going to say. I'm preaching in Justice's Diocese the whole weekend. So I'm like, the whole weekend, the whole weekend, how? At first, he said it's a convention. I said, I'm out of Philadelphia. I used to be pastor in Philadelphia. I used to go to Philadelphia and come back. He said, oh, no, 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 no. It's the whole weekend. I'm preaching Friday night. I'm teaching the shepherds the whole day Saturday. Then in the morning on Sunday, I'm preaching in Justice's church and in, in Yading. And then in Sunday night, I'm preaching. In, in uh, tem a temple. So I said, uh, okay. Now I'm so used to it, I don't even... Then he asked the killer, and you are preaching both services on Sunday. 
You see, it's not just that he's doing that. He's added you to what he's doing. <laughs> As Lady Reverend says, like, when I say added you, it's bad English, but you know what I mean. Uh, uh, um, is the English is not, I'm, I have to figure out the best, a better way to say it. But in the meanwhile, he's added you. It's like, Lady Reverend and I said that in, in, in old English law, women were considered uh, uh, property, chattel. You get me? <laughs> so <laughs> when we are joking amongst ourselves, we say that, I mean, it's like we are back in the 1700s. You are chattel. The person has gone to add himself to something. Then whenever he likes, he, 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 he carries you along to do the same thing. That's the lay ministry. That's the lay ministry. I am always amazed when I meet a pastor's wife who expects that her husband can do the lay ministry and it won't affect her and her children. You are literally in it big time. You can ask Mrs. Amufa over there. You, you are not even asked. So I'm thinking, as we are leaving the Bronx, because I have a mind that works like that, I'm thinking that oh, next weekend, nice weekend, free weekend, maybe I'll go to the mall, maybe I'll do this. By Wednesday, my whole weekend has changed. <laughs> A complete change in my weekend without consultation. It happens so often that, and I'm so used to it, so all my own plans for the weekend changed. And then we are moving on. And you are expecting someone to, the person, by the time he gets home, he'll be tired. So he's not come to thank you. What, did he, are you working for him? You see, nobody's come to thank you. It's over. We all serve the Lord. We are all tired. It's over. That's the limit. We should not be weary in well-doing. We should consider the work of God well-doing. Consider it well-doing. People are doing more for earthly rewards. That, and, they, and they even fail. Somebody has worked. I mean, when I thought about it, I said, hey, 69. For the past two years, and for most of her life, this has been her goal. 30 years and counting. And after all the efforts, nothing. Nothing. And we, we are working for an eternal reward. The Bible says that he will give to us a crown of life. That is what we are working for. An imperishable and incorruptible reward. Why do we complain so much? Why are we so tired? Everybody at a point you have to figure out how not to be tired. Some of us are, like to be tired more than other people. You get what I'm saying? Some people's personalities gravitate towards tiredness more than others. And if you know that you are in that class, you, you, you have to help yourself. Sometimes you have to ask someone like Serena, what, what, what quote-unquote drugs do you take? Person is never tired. From morning to midnight to whatever. You want to ask her, the person doesn't drink coffee. So how does she function? You have to find out because you, you are too tired. And your tiredness is not helping you. It's not just that it's not helping you in, the, in, in, in church. It's not helping you even in your own life. So we must not become tired of the sacrifices we make. The sacrifices will always be required. We are Christians. The major symbol of Christianity is not a fish. It is the cross. The cross represents sacrifice. A lay person must understand sacrifice. 
Other people have sacrificed more than we have. They went full-time. We chose not to go full-time. Some of the younger people may have a chance to go full-time. For some of us, even if you go full-time now, they don't want you. You get me? The age you have reached, nobody wants you to come and say that you are coming full-time. As Bishop says, is this your tiredness that you are now coming to bring into this ministry that they are doing with vigor? They are traveling across villages and places in Africa. You, you, even if they say travel across the United States is a problem, then you are now going to, you know, what, sometimes when they are showing the Healing Jesus videos, I, I don't know whether to close my eyes, I mean, to put your feet in some muddy water somewhere in the north of Ghana. Even as I'm sitting in the chair watching the thing, my own skin is crawling. You get, you get what I'm saying? But, so if you are not doing that one, the little you are doing here, you have to read a book and teach three, four people in the Bronx, somewhere in New Jersey. Just do it for nothing. Pay the toll. Buy the metro card. Get the gas yourself. Wake up. Sacrifice on sleep. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. You won't get it for nothing. Everything costs something. Let's not be weary in well-doing. As we, as we close this morning, I want you to talk to God about the lay ministry. Because to the best of my knowledge, we are all in the lay ministry here this morning. There's no full-time person among us. And talk to God to help you to see the enemies of the lay ministry in your own life. To, 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 to help you. Don't even look for it in other people. Look for it in yourself. And ask God to help you. Our Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the grace that is in this church to do the lay ministry and to do it well, to serve the Lord with gladness for the abundance of all things. We give you praise and we give you glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Um, if lead you to ask Christ to come into your life as your personal savior, Our Father, we thank you for salvation. We thank you because you died on the cross so that we may be free. You died on the cross so that our sins will be pardoned. You died on the cross so that we would be translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And we are grateful and we thank you. Amen. If you're here, you want to pay your first and best, please come up. I'd like to pray for you. You want to pay your first and best. The Bible says in the book of Malachi, the Bible says in the book of Malachi that bring you all your tithes and offerings into his storehouse.